You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, credential reporter and the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. It was Monday evening, Game 1 against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Miami Heat had quite a challenge on their hands, and it looked like things were not going Miami's way after giving up 40 points in the first quarter to the Bucks. They had everything going offensively. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, even Giannis Kumpo, everybody seemed like they were connecting from deep. But Miami did what they do best. They tied their defense. They made the shots that they needed to make, and they got 40 points of their own. From Jimmy Butler, who set a career playoff high and was absolutely a clutch performer in the fourth quarter, hitting everything, doing everything, defending at a high level, hitting all sorts of shots, the exact kind of player that takes over games exactly when you need them. And that's why Miami came away with a 115-104 win to take game one against the Milwaukee Bucks. What a game. It was really, really, really exciting. Again, that first quarter seemed like it was going to set the tone somewhat badly for Miami because they were giving up a lot of those shots. And Adekumpo was getting to the rim pretty easily, although he did get into a little early foul trouble that seemed like it might hinder his ability to do what he does best. But they were still looking for guys like Middleton and Lopez to connect on their shots, and they absolutely were. Uh, Middleton finished with 19 points in the first half. Lopez uh, finished with, I think, 14 of his own in the first half, just absolutely crushing it. I'm sorry, Middleton finished with 21 points in the first half. Lopez had 19 going, and and so they were just really, really engaged, even though out of Decumpo's shot wasn't falling aside from a couple of three-pointers and, of course, those shots that he gets so easily at the rim. But they tightened the defense. They were able to really, pen, uh, really just make things difficult for Adetokounmpo, build the wall that we've heard so much about. And and look, every player seemed like they had some opportunity to guard Giannis or impact him. A lot of it starts at that point of attack because when Adetokounmpo builds the kind of downhill steam that he's so capable of doing, it's hard to stop him. But you have really, really good, versatile defenders. Jake Crowder defended him for a lot of the night. Bam, absolutely helped out. Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala. Almost everybody took a turn there trying to do something uh, to, to limit what uh, Adetokounmpo could do. And they did a really good job of it because he finished 6 of 12 from the field, 2 of 5 from the three-point range, and 4 of 12 from the line. So not a bad night for him. Not the kind of night that the MVP or the likely MVP is supposed to be, have in a game one. But uh, Miami, their defense was absolutely, I think, played to perfection against them. Uh, Bam Adebayo uh, was asked... If he liked the defense that they played on Giannis in postgame, he said, yes, this is exactly kind of what we want to do. We want to limit him. And then they ex- acknowledged that they're not going to be able to keep out of Kumpo from having a big game at some point down the road. But it was a good statement in game one to let them know that they're able to shut down what Adetokounmpo could do well and that if they're going to get beat, it's going to be beat by somebody else. It's not... It's not a proven... or, or tr- It's not a strategy that necessarily is bound to work. I mean, Middleton can cost you a, a, a loss here and there. I mean, he, he was absolutely effective. Uh, he was great for most of the first half in particular, and then the second half finished 3 of 10 from the field. Uh, finished 12 of 24 overall, so uh, you know, 9 of 14 to start the first half, and then 3 of 10 afterwards, so Miami clearly targeted 
Middleton and try to keep him from getting into his shots and, and doing what he does best. And, and for Lopez, something similar. Again, only was able to chip in another five points after having a really big first half. But if there's a takeaway from this game, it doesn't really matter what Milwaukee did. Uh, I, I could focus on that. I, I just don't want to. I t- watching that game, the, what stands out the most was Jimmy Butler, man. Like, I, he cannot say enough about his incredible performance. He was just able to do so much so effectively uh, 13 points in the first half it's not like he had a bad first half and he was asked about this and I've talked about this on a number of occasions before he is a guy who absolutely can see how the flow of the game is going and try to determine from there what the next step is and and he look he's acknowledged on a number of occasions he wants to get other teammates going he wants to get Bam going he wants to get Goron and Duncan going they didn't necessarily have it with the exception of Goron Bam wasn't concentrating on offense. He wasn't being aggressive as a scorer. He finished with 12 points and 5 of 12 from the field. He was trying to do everything he could defensively, pulling down 17 rebounds, 6 assists. So he was making plays, stealing the ball, doing what he does best, making an impact without necessarily having a huge high-scoring productive game. Goran, Goran can get his shot whenever he wants to. And while it's great for Jimmy and him to have that kind of chemistry where they can feed each other on occasion, uh, Goran is capable of scoring whenever he wants to. He is that good. Duncan, to a lesser degree, well, to a higher degree, he needs somebody to be able to create those opportunities for him. He's not at that level yet where he's making his own shot and creating that opportunity for himself and others. He can put the ball down. That was his one made field goal. Um, I'm sorry, it was actually a a, a three-pointer, but he did finish with a nice drive to the basket, uh, and he finished with three assists because of that gravity that he continues to maintain. But Jimmy... He knows exactly what's necessary. Kind of played it a little passively in the first half, and then in the second half just said, you know what, that's it. We're we're putting our foot down. We're going to lock this game in. He is a closer. Icy in the the best of ways. And he just got to the line, 12 of 13 from the line, played incredible defense, and his offense, 2 of 2 from three-point range, continuing that streak of hitting that shot when it's necessary. But the mid-range game, the floater, everything about it was just so dominant. And I've talked about it on two other podcasts tonight. And somehow I can't get enough of of talking about Butler and his incredible performance. Uh, We have not seen a performance like this since the days of Dwayne Wade and his peak and, and LeBron James in the Big Three era. This was exactly the kind of performance that we want out of a superstar player on this team. And, and, and so uh, Butler absolutely carried the team to a win, did everything was necessary. You can't say uh, too much either about Goran Dragic. I, I mean, he was he was great. 27 points, 9 of 15 from the field, 7 of 7 from the line, able again to get to the line, create contact, do everything, 6 assists, uh, of six rebounds, excuse me, five assists, a steal, so a solid overall game for Goron. I will mention that uh, Milwaukee was without Eric Bledsoe, so that kind of tweaked the way they play defense a little bit. George Hill got the starting uh, nod instead of uh, Bledsoe, who had some hamstring issues. We're not sure if what he'll be, uh, what his availability will be like on Wednesday for Game Two. So that's something to continue to monitor. I don't know that Bledsoe, as good a defender as he is, is going to lock down what Goran can do. I think Goran is still capable of uh, getting his shot up against a, a guy like Bledsoe, who's much more physical than a George Hill. But um, 
a little different, I think. And I think you have to say Goran will probably still be able to find some way to make an impact. It was an odd game in the sense that you didn't get the usual suspects stepping up. Even Tyler Hero, who has been such a great productive player off the bench, finished with just 11 points. Three of 11 from the field did, however, hit a huge three-pointer uh, in a clutch situation uh, in the few waiting moments of the game where I think Milwaukee was mounting a comeback and Tyler needed to kind of create a little bit of a cushion, a little separation, got the three-pointer, knocked it down, just continues to show that he's willing to take those big shots. Uh, When Miami's offense was bogged down in the first half, you saw Kendrick Dunn actually get some playing time. I'm not sure how likely that's going to continue. Something I'll talk about in the next segment, but um, overall, uh, really great performance. You know, the story, I think, aside from Butler's incredible performance, was Adetokounmpo struggling a little bit from the field. Um, he, he did not seem as aggressive on his shot. A lot of that has to do with Miami forcing him into uh, bad opportunities there. Whether he was going to, if he was, again, driving to the rim, creating that opportunity, or he, had, he has that spin move that he uses so frequently when he starts to build a little momentum. But Miami's defenders did such a good job of, of creating a secondary contact a secondary defender there who would be able to wall off the rim then that forces Adekumpa to be much more of a playmaker he did finish with nine assists and so you kind of put it on guys like Middleton and Lopez and others to knock down those shots from the perimeter that takes away the strength of Adekumpa's offense which is again having this incredible athleticism this length to get to the rim as easily as he wants to against most teams you know, against Miami, only 12 field goal attempts. And while he did draw a lot of contact on six separate occasions where he was able to get those free throws, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I think a lot of people are looking at Adetokounmpo's performance and saying he did not have a good game. I'm not so harsh. I, I think he had a solid overall game. I think there's another level for him to achieve. And I'm not sure what the next steps are for him in order to be able to achieve that. But it was overall takeaways from today's game. Miami played defense when they needed to, although they struggled in that first quarter. They recognized the importance of the situation. They understood exactly what to do to challenge Adetokounmpo, Middleton, and others. Uh, they got easy looks in the first quarter, first half in general, but by the second half, they had figured out exactly what they needed, and for Jimmy to step up the way he did it was uh, an incredible performance. So that's pretty much all you can take away from it. At least that's a, a great portion of it. I'll break down the good, the bad, and the ugly to finish my recap and then answer some of your questions about the game. But first, let me tell you a little bit about rockauto.com. I talked to you about it before, and I can't say enough about what a great website it is. So easy to use. Been in existence for 20 years. It's a family-owned business that gives you the car parts that you're looking for for your car or truck, and it's easy-to-find interface. It's so great. You enter your make and model. You get the car part that you need, and you find the low price that you're willing to pay. They send it out to you within a few days. You get the part saves you so much time and money look car parts stores don't they can't carry the kind of inventory that they normally would that you're looking for because it's just it's too difficult to maintain all those parts in one locale and so a place like rockauto.com gives you so many options you just go on the website find what you're looking for and again you pay a, a great reliable price and right now if you go to rockauto.com to find the parts that you're looking for for your car or truck you go to the how did you hear about a section and you write locked on so that they know we sent you it's amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need it's rockauto.com make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite app to listen to podcasts and to always get the latest episodes by asking your smart device to play locked on heat 
when you get in your car to get your team every day. The good, Goran Dragic, aside from Jimmy Butler's incredible performance, Goran continues to impress. A 27-point outing for a player at this point in his career, for a guy who's come off the bench. I don't know how much more you can possibly say uh, about Goran this season and his ability to, in the playoffs, to have yet another 20-point outing, 20-plus point outing, and to have this overall kind of impact. He is able to attack George Hill, finds his spots so good, always seems in control, makes very, very, very few mistakes, two turnovers. And a lot of that, I think, was just, you have to give some credit to Milwaukee's defense. They are a very, very good defensive team, one of the best, if not the best during the course of the regular season. By a lot of statistics, obviously, they're considered one of the best. They're the the best defensive team in the league. But Goron got his shot very easily. And I think a lot of that had to do with his ability to get to the paint, something that has been easy for Milwaukee to contain over the course of the regular season. But Miami was able to get a lot of looks at the paint. I think some of that had to do with Giannis getting significant playing time at the five. Brooke Lopez got 27, point, uh, 27 minutes of playing time, Adetokounmpo played a lot more than that 37. Something that a lot of Bucks fans think is uh, still too le- little. I think they would prefer that he plays closer to 40 minutes per game. Look, uh, Jimmy Butler played 36 minutes. Bam played 38 minutes. So they had a lot of uh, they had a lot of playing time there, uh, as far as the starting unit is concerned. But uh, with Lopez not getting as enough playing time, there wasn't the same kind of rim protection. He is very very good at blocking the paint and. Um, you know, being a big body in there that limits what the Heat and other teams around the league can do. But Dragic able to find his spots, get past Hill, uh, great quick first dribble, uh, just so, so good. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, looking at this point now and looking at this incredible game, just a phenomenal outing for him, and he continues to impress. I'm not sure how long it's going to maintain. Again, the Bledsoe thing could throw a whole uh, monkey wrench into everything, but he's just been very, very good and uh Hopefully he'll continue to be the second best player on this team, uh, at least in some regards. You know, you could have an argument as to whether it's him or Bam. Duncan Robinson probably qualifies as the quote unquote bad in today. And again, in 26 minutes of play, only one of four from the field, one of four from three point range, converted a technical free throw. So finished with four overall points. West Matthews, Middleton, both of them really can. We're, we're trying to stay on Duncan as much as possible and limit his looks. So that's, if nothing else, that really focuses. It shows that the focus of the defense is trying to keep Robinson from getting open looks. They really make sure that they go under screen. I'm sorry, go over screens, fight through screens continuously, uh, so that dribble handoff, you know, it, that is such a, a big part of Miami's offense isn't available to Robinson in particular. And they did a very, very good job of limiting his touch. I, I don't know if I had to make a guess, I'd say game two shows a lot more Robinson looks. It depends on whether or not they'll find some way of getting over the, 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 the Matthews level of defense. Again, Matthews and Middleton both did a really, really good job of staying on Robinson and limiting his easy looks. It's not ideal because you see Robinson struggling from the field and he doesn't have the same kind of impact he once did. He does, however, have an impact and that he has continued gravity, pulls away defenders like Middleton and Matthews and, and creates space for guys like uh, you know Dragic and, and Butler to get to the to rim a little bit more easily. 
I don't know if that's going to be the case moving forward. I wonder if, you know, Duncan's going to be getting the kind of playing time that he has. I, I think he will. I don't, I don't think he's going to get any kind of reduction in minutes or anything like that. I think he's still going to be in a starting rotation. Um, but you'd like a guy who can create a shot a little bit more easily, which I think is why uh, you got uh, Kendrick Nunn playing sometime. He did play 16 minutes, uh, considering how little he played against the Indiana Pacers and during the eight seeding games, it was a big boost for him. Allen, uh, you, you need a boost in their offense uh, as Miami was struggling a little bit and they were able to score 60 first half points to match the 63 points that the Milwaukee Bucks had put up. So I think Kendrick's minutes uh, really provided a nice offensive boost there. As far as the ugly is concerned, the Giannis bounce back is probably your biggest concern as a Heat fan is wondering whether or not He's going to find a way to step up and, you know, contribute a little bit more. Uh, obviously, if he can hit those free throws, it's a completely different game. I think a little bit more confidence, a boost for him if he's able to knock down those shots. And he has to be a little bit more aggressive. Now, you know, maybe that works. He's a very, very good player. And we're kind of judging this uh, based on his his career and how he's played during the regular season. But if he's getting 18 to 20 shots per game... Miami's defense is capable of limiting him. And if that's the case, then they're taking the ball out of Middleton's hands, who was such a dangerous threat, out of Lopez's hands, who was such a dangerous threat. So it, it seems like it really plays well into Miami's strengths. If you give up more shots at Adekumpo, and that's not necessarily going to be the case, because, again, the wall the, the wall was built and kept Giannis away from the rim, and so he had to find those guys on the perimeter, which led to those nine assists. If he's more aggressive, which I'm sure he'll feel the need to do so, then he's taking the ball at the rim. Maybe he'll get into foul trouble. He can be a little bit bullish as he drives to the rim. And if that's the case, he's going to get a couple offensive fouls his way. If he gets into foul trouble, you have to take him out. Um, He can't get that same rhythm that he normally would. He could also force Miami's players into foul trouble, which is a huge concern. And, I mean, that's that's the kind of balance that you have to strike here is, is whether or not you give up those shots to Adetokounmpo, whether or not you get into foul trouble. We'll see how it plays out in, in future games. But that's, uh, that's probably the issue moving forward. You know it's going to happen to some degree. Whether it plays into Miami's hands or Milwaukee's remains to be seen. It should be a very, very interesting uh, subplot to the series. So... I'll answer your questions about Kendrick Nunn, Giannis, and much more in the next segment. You're listening to Locked on Heat. Just a reminder that you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskHelloHeat. Josh Van Meter writes in, Using the hashtag AskLOHeat. How much K Nun can we expect to see? I thought he played well, but what do you see his impact being in the series? Well, that's tough to predict. Again, 16 minutes today, there was a need for it. He got that kind of playing time because of his, his ability to boost the offense. And if anything, that's probably what we'll see him doing moving forward. He did play some solid defense on occasion on Chris Middleton. I think he had a solid overall game. Again, 16 minutes. Made some mistakes, too. Had a couple turnovers. Um, not ideal for a player that's not getting a whole heck of a lot of playing time. So I think at this point, Eric Spolster is a little bit more comfortable with his rotation. It seems like Derek Jones Jr. has fallen out of it, did not get any playing time. Myers Leonard continues to sit in the bubble, not getting any playing time. Solomon Hill 
I, I don't see him getting any playing time either. So if you need somebody in there because somebody gets into foul trouble, it seems like none is your likeliest option. I, I would say that he'll probably average about 10 to 12 minutes per game, continuing to contribute on offense and finding a way to hopefully step his, his step up his defense to some degree where it doesn't make him unplayable. That would be my guess. I just I don't know what else he can possibly do. Uh, you know he's going to be a negative defensively. He's still not creating opportunities for others offensively. He can create his own shot, and which is a great skill to have so long as it's tempered by others. That's not the case with Kendrick, and so his playing time is going to be limited. He's going to be called on there to, to play alongside other guys that can create their shots and, and stretch the floor a little bit, and we'll see how it plays out. Stanley Ho writes, can they tighten the defense on Middleton without relaxing the wall against Giannis? And then David writes in, if Miami tightens the defense on Middleton, I am very high with Miami taking this series. I agree there. I think I think they have a good chance anyway, and I think they can still maintain their performance against Middleton and still have a very good chance of, of taking this series. So I, I have to disagree with that. I, if they can limit Middleton, all the better. As far as Stanley's question, can they tighten the defense on Middleton without relaxing the wall on Giannis? No, they can't. Um, part of what makes the wall against Giannis so effective is that you're able to send number a number of different defenders or at least a secondary defender when he breaks out that spin move. And if that's the case, you're going to have somebody sagging off their, their primary assignment, whether it's Middleton or somebody else. It's kind of a, a trickle-down effect there where you, if you have a primary defender, and look, Crowder, I think, did a really, really good job of bodying up Adetokounmpo and and to some, you know, at some plays there you had Butler and Adebayo doing the same thing. But Crowder was a primary defender. He did a fantastic job while still being able to contribute a couple of three-pointers. I think Crowder starts off trying to do what he can, being physical, moving his hands and feet well on Adetokounmpo, and then when Adetokounmpo either gets by him, throws an elbow, or does something there to to get past that initial defender, and then you start to see Butler or somebody else kind of sag off their guy and, and, and just put a hand in there, try to, to impede Adetokounmpo getting an, a, an easy look at the rim because he's so tall and he's so long that he can get that shot off over anybody. And if that's the case, then that makes Adetokounmpo realize he has to probably get rid of the ball and that leads to those kickouts along the perimeter and a wide open shot and if it's a guy like Middleton he's going to be able to convert it like you I mean we, we take Chris Middleton for granted and I said this in my preview and I was backed up by Kane Pittman the host of Locked on Bucks he, Middleton's a hell of a player we saw it in game one he knocked down that shot he was able to really get a number of easy looks I don't know that you can do much to tighten the defense. Look back at those shots that he was able to get. They were contested shots, and he was just hitting them. He is a hell of a great shooter. And he is very, very dangerous. He has a hell of a turnaround jumper. He's a great offensive player and a great defensive player. Let's uh, let's be honest. He's also he's a great overall all-around player. But offensively, there's I don't know that you can stop somebody like Middleton when he's getting when he's feeling that groove when he's feeling that rhythm he's going to be able to knock that shot down and and so Miami can only do so much to impede that uh, if they focus on Middleton then that leaves out of the Kumpo to get to the rim at will and that's what's burned the 28 other teams in the in the NBA so I'm not sure that that's the most effective strategy I, I think you want to continue to try and take out of the Kumpo out of his comfort zone if that's the case 
you live with having Middleton or Lopez or somebody else be forced to step up. Uh, Middleton's had problems coming through in the clutch on occasion. I, I think a lot of that might be a little over, might be overblown, but um, I, I'd rather see him be forced to beat you and, and hope that maybe that three point shot isn't falling. Then, then knowing it's a sure thing, if Adekunpo is allowed to get to the rim, he's going to be able to knock that shot down a lot more easily than Middleton from the perimeter can. So, if this game was being played in Milwaukee, it would be very, very different because to steal a game on the road, I think that just bolsters Miami's confidence, but it also breaks Milwaukee a little bit, has to tighten their resolve as far as what to do moving forward. And from Miami's perspective, you could potentially steal two games on the road, but it's Orlando. Nobody has home court advantage. And so it's going to be a a much more competitive game too, I'd say. I I wonder what kind of adjustments Mike Budenholzer is going to make. I wonder how Giannis Antetokounmpo responds over the next couple of days. He seemed a little testy. In a post-game interview, you've probably seen it uh, uh, via social media. I don't know that it matters. Uh, at this point in time, I think Miami just played a really, really good game. And, and we'll have to kind of wait and see. That's my overall takeaway. Just a fun game. Really good statement. I think you started off the way that you want to. And you hope to find some way of being able to continue it moving forward. And if that's the case, then your chances of moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals improve dramatically. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast to get the latest episode of Locked on Heat as soon as it's out. I'm David Rommel signing off and thanking you as always for your support. Um.